every time I would go to Oshkosh, I'd always drive out to Lakeshore just to drive, just to drive so through the parking lot and come, but you know, turn back around. Um, it's just always one of those things that I always did. It's just such a special place for me. In my opinion, it's just a slice of, it's just a slice of, uh, slice of heaven there. Um, it's just a, it was just, a, it was such a special place and still is a special place. And, I really um, hope that Oshkosh keeps. And, and but the of. thing is, the fellowship that you have when you're a member of a league, you know, you you make lifetime friends, and you get to know people, and when you've been with them for so many years, it's like part of a family. And there's so much value in having a league like that. I, it's Everybody's supportive of each other, and... You know, I just hate the thought. We're, we just Welcome to the Golf.com podcast. I'm Dylan DeChair, and today we're going to discuss the Muni. New at 10, a golf course in Oshkosh could eventually be wrapping up its last round. It's a city-owned course, and the leaders are now saying they're considering selling the property because that course is just not bringing in enough revenue. Fox 11's Alexis Santos. Park Board, that site is one of several being considered by major defense contractor, the Oshkosh Corporation, for its new corporate... The waterfront landscape in Oshkosh could soon be changing. Tonight, Oshkosh City Council voted to sell the Lakeshore Municipal Golf Course to the Oshkosh Corporation. Now, the city wants that Fortune 500 company to stay in town, and now it's up to Oshkosh Corp to decide if they want to buy that land and build their new headquarters there. Local 5's Alexandra Burley shows why this sale is a victory for many, but a loss for others. For so many golfers, the municipal course, better known as a muni, is a sacred part of the game. They're exactly what they sound like, publicly owned courses, and in a sport that has long been regarded as exclusive and elitist, it's easy to understand why munis everywhere serve an important role in making the game affordable and approachable to the general public. But it's not just us. Legendary players like Ben Crenshaw and Nancy Lopez, Phil Mickelson and Ricky Fowler, they grew up playing munis too. But right now, there's a bit of a war on municipal courses. They are, by definition, public property and are largely funded by taxpayer dollars. So whenever these courses prove to be a strain on the local budget, it catches public attention. As the game of golf has waned in popularity since the recession hit in 2008, communities have frequently asked this question. What is municipal course worth to a city? What exactly is its value? Today, we're taking a closer look at one example, Lakeshore Golf Course, which is owned by the city of Oshkosh, Wisconsin. It's one of the Midwest's oldest public courses and has become the focal point of a fierce and tricky debate. Should the city leave the course as it is or sell it in an attempt to keep the largest local corporation headquartered in town? Lakeshore Golf Course sits on 107 acres of land near downtown Oshkosh, about one hour south of Green Bay. It's a desirable piece of land that borders the Fox River, Lake Butamore, and Interstate 41. The land was constructed into a golf course more than 100 years ago, in 1899. It wasn't public at the time, but in the 1930s, the course was given to the city, making it one of the oldest public golf courses in the Midwest. But revenue at Lakeshore has been inadequate throughout the past decade. Lakeshore lost between $10,000 and $70,000 per year from 2010 to 2014. And despite profitable years in 2015 and 2016, the course still carries a debt of $800,000 to the city's general fund. Keep in mind, this isn't the National Parks budget. 
This is a single entity in a single department that has used six months a year nearly a million dollars in debt to the greater city budget of a town of just 66,000 people. So what gives? Well, in early 2017, city officials began exploring that question and began approaching alternatives for the course, like selling the land to a local company, Oshkosh Corporation. Now, Oshkosh Corporation has been around a long time, too. The defense and commercial vehicle manufacturer recently celebrated its 100-year anniversary and has grown into a Fortune 500 company. It employs more than 13,000 people and is the city's largest private employer. It has also been threatening to leave town. Would the large company be better served on one of the country's coasts? Or maybe closer to a big metropolitan area? It was a decision the city wanted to protect against, so with its back up against the wall, or in this case, the lake, city officials began discussions to keep the corporation in town. Before long, they made it clear to Oshkosh Corporation that the Land Lakeshore Golf Course sits on is, quote, the most appropriate location for your new corporate headquarters. So here we are. What stays in Oshkosh? The lovable golf course with its public-friendly prices and its less-than-stellar economic impact? Or the corporation that holds the name of the town in its title and employs more people than any other private company in Oshkosh? The debate began to split the town in two. Jason Zimmerman reports discussions over the project are just starting. As the city of Oshkosh puts together a comprehensive plan for its park system, questions continue to grow over the future of Lakeshore Golf Course, with some people at this park's advisory meeting voicing concern that the site might be sold. This golf course has been a gift to Oshkosh from people a long time ago. I've been playing golf out there for over 50 years. Jeff Crone grew up on the fairways of Lakeshore Golf Course. It's where he fell in love with the game, a love that he ultimately turned into a career as a successful head golf pro. Crone is just starting a new job as vice president of golf operations, overseeing four golf courses for beachy properties based out of Las Vegas. Crone hasn't lived in Oshkosh for some time, but when he heard the course could be up for sale, he couldn't believe it and wrote a letter to the Oshkosh Northwestern speaking out in favor of the course. Uh, last summer, or this past summer, probably August time frame or so. Yeah, I wanted to play it. Um, I, you know, everything that was going on with the, you know, with Oshkosh Corp at taking over or buying the land or whatever. I, you know, I just felt that, you know, I needed to get out there just to play it one more time. Took some pictures and, you know, relive some memories and all that stuff. Just that one last time because I don't know if it's going to be there next summer. You know, there's so many memories. We, the guys I played with, you know, we 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 played there as kids. The guys I played with this past summer. And we, all we did was, you know, remember what happened here? Remember what happened here? Remember that shot there? You know, all that kind of fun stuff. Remember so-and-so throwing his club in the, in the pond that day and he was in the water trying to get his club out of the pond and just stupid stuff that happened when we were kids that all those memories are still there, you know? And we just sat and laughed and, and um, had a tear in our eye just because of the fact they won't be there for us to be able to do that again, potentially. Uh, it seems like the community has really uh, spoken up, you know, on both sides of the issue, I guess. But certainly people have rallied around the golf course. Is that your sense? Yeah, for sure. There's a huge contingent that doesn't want the golf course to go away. I mean, it's, there's other places uh, in Oshkosh that Oshkosh Corp could build their corporate headquarters on. Why is the golf course being chosen for this? Johnny Revolta, who played in the 1944 or 48 Ryder Cup, was out of Oshkosh. He played at Lakeshore. Hank Detloff played some tour events. Lou Warbick played some tour events back in the day. And then you got, you probably have one, two, three, four of us juniors were our golf professionals or have been golf professionals, you know, became PGA members and, and golf professionals. So it really has a hitch, a rich tradition. Um, 
of kind of having kids spend their lives there, their junior lives there, and then getting in the business and promoting the game, game even more. I mean, I understand it's a great location on a, on a river and you've got a great view and all that stuff, but why, why do we need to take the golf course away from the citizens of Oshkosh when you have all kinds of other areas where, where Oshkosh Corp can uh, build, their, build their corporate headquarters? You know, in the city, I understand that, you know, there's, they don't want to lose, they don't want to lose Oshkosh Corp. It's a huge manufacturing opportunity, a lot of tax base and employment for the city, uh, the city folks. And, you know, it's going to bring a lot of blue collar jobs to, to that area. I mean, I understand the economics of it all, but why take, you know, what is tr- traditionally been just a, an amazing piece of property that the citizens use, why take that away from them? I don't know. How, how does it make you feel just thinking that, you know, the next time you're in Oshkosh, that that piece of property could no longer be a golf course? Uh, it'll be very sad. It's going to be really, it's going to be really sad. I mean, I probably, I probably won't be able to go out there. You know, every time I would go to Oshkosh, I'd always drive out to Lakeshore just to drive, just to drive through the parking lot and come, you know, turn back around. Um, it just always was one of those things that I always did. It's just such a special place for me. In my opinion, it's just a slice of it's just a slice of uh, slice of heaven there. Um, it's just a, it was just a, it was such a special place, and still is a special place that I really hope that Oshkosh keeps and, and doesn't get rid of. I mean, it's as the debate across Oshkosh caught fire, signs went up on citizens' lawns. Groups of protesters gathered outside of city hall, upset over the proposal to sell. Save our muni, one sign said. I can't afford the country club. But how do you choose a side in this debate? How do you weigh the meaningful experiences of golfers like Jeff against the economic priorities of an entire city? From a city's perspective, the land the course sits on is an asset. It's a large, undeveloped green space. It could be used for any number of other things. That asset could be a golf course, as it has been for more than a century. But the perception of using that land as a course is one thing when the course is profitable, and not sucking away dollars that could be used elsewhere. To understand the case for selling the course, we phoned up Jason White. Uh, I serve as the CEO of the Greater Oshkosh Economic Development Corporation, and basically our organization is focused on enhancing the economic conditions of our regional area by helping uh, create a, a more conducive business climate for helping our existing businesses grow, our entrepreneurs to start and succeed, and uh, to attract new business to our area. Oshkosh Corporation is a Fortune 500 company, um, a 100-year-old company, publicly traded company in our community, and probably is one of the largest private employer in the Oshkosh community and one of the largest private employers in northeast Wisconsin. For us, um, they serve a lot of different things for our community, not only employing 3,500 people, but there's also 150 suppliers uh, in our uh, metro area that serve Oshkosh Corporation in some way to the tune of $150 million economic impact. And then they also mean a lot to our community because they have a couple million dollars of charitable contributions back to the community every year as well. The idea of losing the corporate headquarters sounds like it would be a huge blow to the city of Oshkosh. I think so. Uh, I mean, definitely so. When you lose the pulse of a company like that from your your own backyard, um, you lose, especially one that bears the community's name. You know, I think that says a lot. So the golf course, Lakeshore Golf Course, is a municipal-owned golf course. 
by the city of Oshkosh, has had a number of different iterations over time, um, has had a, had a nonprofit board at one time. The piece of land itself, though, sounds like it's in an attractive part of town. It's, you know, it's on the water. It's, you know, obviously a, a big uh, green space. Yeah, it's uh, it's near Interstate 41. Um, it was Highway 41 until a couple of years ago, and now it's an interstate. It's south of uh, Lake Butamore, on the shores of Lake Butamore. It's a 107-acre piece of land. A number of companies have looked at it over time, and they haven't really gotten very far. This one, obviously, this opportunity with Oshkosh Corporation has made made it the furthest. And I think in large part because this is the first time in the company's 100 years um, that they're truly going out to build a state-of-the-art global headquarters for their company. And recognizing that if they're going to attract talent to Oshkosh, Wisconsin, that they need a wow location. So the site that they're looking at is probably the highest point in that golf course, uh, plus or minus 30 acres, and uh, has a lot of attractiveness for the company compared to also uh, some of the other locations they're also looking at outside of Oshkosh. Locations outside of Oshkosh were exactly what scared the community, and in particular scared those in Jason White's office. The idea of Oshkosh Corporation leaving meant a lot, so the city made sure to offer one of the more attractive sites in town. The golf course itself, other than the headquarters, will by and large be green space, uh, public parks, a public park, and also uh, trails around going around the vicinity um, and the perimeter of the golf course, the existing golf course. So uh, that's really what it's transitioning to in addition to the corporate headquarters, really kind of a public use space for all citizens to enjoy. One of the tricky things about it is that there's a limited number of people that do enjoy a golf course and, and that do play. So is that part of the calculation then that, that you guys seek to weigh in the idea that you know only a certain number of citizens use the golf course? I think that's, that's a part of it. Um, I think uh, a couple of decades ago, there were probably 50, 60,000 rounds of golf played on the golf course um, every year. And now it's about half that, 25,000, give or take, each year. Um, in addition to that, I think we looked at there's 31 golf courses within a 30-mile radius of Oshkosh, including several private operators in Oshkosh, the city of Oshkosh itself. You know, certainly there are a handful of people that have a lot of passion for Lakeshore Golf Course, but we also look at it as a win-win for the community the most important part, obviously, being the Oshkosh Corporation headquarters. Um, I think if you're a business in town, you're, you're supportive of this. So, uh, yeah, I think there's been a lot of public education. There's been a lot of public meetings. Um, of all the projects I've worked on over the past 15 years, this one probably has had the most public involvement in terms of shaping the direction for that 107 acres. There's, I know there's been a vocal group, you know, speaking out to protect the golf course? Yeah, I think there's a there's a vocal, largely unorganized uh, effort uh, to present another point of view or maybe present some alternatives for repurposing the golf course to a different type of use or a different type of golf course. I think those conversations may continue once 
the Oshkosh Corporation project is resolved uh, one way or another. But um, but by and large, um, I've not heard virtually hardly anyone say it's not important to retain Oshkosh Corporation. Um, I think everyone, by and large, agrees to that. It's just a matter of uh, early on it was debating where Oshkosh Corporation should go. But now I think a lot of people realize that we are in a global competition um, with sites outside of our community as part of that competition uh, for for this new headquarters. It'll be one of the more attractive, uh, uh, evident projects in the state in the state of Wisconsin once it's completed, assuming it happens here. So, um, so I think by and large, people have come around the idea that this is Oshkosh's site, and if we're going to succeed, and they're going to they're going to land here. Um, this is the site's going to be. So we're no longer debating different sites in our community, but we are. There is still a debate about how to repurpose the golf course. As you can see, this is not a simple debate. And while Oshkosh is just one site where debates like this are happening, it's definitely representative of a trend across the country. Once we began reporting, there were similar stories that popped up on local news every single day. Courses on every coast in every state at every corner of the country. Soon be under new management. This after losing three hundred thousand dollars in two thousand sixteen. And the losses just keep adding up. Our Anastasia Champ has been talking with the mayor about what changes can be in store. Not if a group of determined volunteers can help it. They're working to save the Pretty Prairie Municipal Golf Course due to a city budget that doesn't have enough money to take care of it. And as Trevor Macy found out, they aim to keep swinging for years to come. Courses, but according to some. Tucson might have too much of a good thing. Nine in your sides, Kevin Bowden reports the city is again wondering what to do about the future of its courses. Say residents are running out of options when it comes to affordable golf. Hmm. Paul Nelson joins us live from what used to be the Brookside Golf Course. And Paul, why are so many golfers concerned about these closures? Well, as we've seen, Landon, when these golf courses close, they usually don't come back. This was the first one to close back in 2006, and now you can... Cities across the country are eager to balance their budgets, and all seem to be asking the same question. Should they even be in the golf business? And if so, how deep? One muni for the city? Two? Zero? Maybe it's a singular 27-hole course. Either way, we need perspective on the broader issues at hand for the American muni. Uh, Richard Singer, I'm the Senior Director of Consulting Services for the National Golf Foundation, and uh, I provide all sorts of business-related consulting and research for golf facilities, golf courses and country clubs and driving ranges. And I've been with NGF now for 28 years. So you certainly have a lot of experience working with uh, municipal golf courses and the potential challenges they might face. Yes, very much so. Working with uh, public sector agencies who own and operate municipal golf courses has been a very big part of our consulting practice over the last quarter century, yes. Has municipal golf always been a big part of the American golf landscape, and has that changed over time? Uh, Very much so. Uh, Certainly for the last hundred years or so, uh, municipal golf has been a, a very big part uh, of golf. There was certainly a time in this country when that was really the only option for golfers who were not members of private clubs. Uh, but there's certainly been a lot of changes in in the golf facility landscape, um, you know, over the last hundred years. But uh, the munis have remained strong 
uh, and are still very much a part of the overall golf facility offering in the United States. There's uh, close to 2,500 municipal golf courses in the United States, and I think if you really dove in and looked closely at them, you'd find 2,500 different unique stories. But for the most part, they are business enterprises. Uh, All golf courses, to some degree, are a business enterprise. And I think that governments operating business can often be a challenge, and there are political pressures not related to business that often creep their way into municipal golf course operations, and I think that that oftentimes creates challenges uh, for them. Um, There's also a lot of external pressures um, for the the property. Um, Ultimately, at its core, golf is a real estate-driven business, and golf courses sit on property. And in some cases, that property would probably have higher value if it were used as something else other than a golf course. And oftentimes municipalities are faced with that challenge from external forces coming in and wanting to take over that property and use it for some other purpose, uh, often commercial or residential or something like that. Uh, And we're certainly seeing a lot of that and a lot of that pressure. So then from the perspective of the courses itself, you know, what's the defense? How do you make the argument that, you know, the the course has greater worth um, as a municipal golf course? Well, I think it's providing a level of recreation to the community. Um, And there's a lot of communities in this country where the municipal golf course is the only affordable public golf option that's available. Um, And I think it's a great place, and a lot of communities use it to really put forth their various recreation programming access for juniors and young people, access for beginners, access for people who aren't maybe as serious uh, about golf, but certainly um, are a a community that needs to be served within golf. And oftentimes the municipal golf course is the only one in the community that that can provide that. It's also a way to preserve open space uh, and preserve recreation uh, for the the residents uh, within a particular community. and in a lot of cases, they, um, you know, have, have economic support as well, although that's not always the case. But profitability comes up a lot in some of the courses that we look at. And, you know, we know that for every course, there's a different story. But what are just some of the factors that uh, lead to a municipal course being profitable or not? Yeah, that's a, that's a tough challenge because there really is no... Uh, I guess, kind of like a generally accepted accounting principle for municipal golf courses. They all record it differently. But I have found in the last quarter century of studying them is that if you look at just the on what I call the on-site operation, that is the collection of green fees, cart fees, and other ancillary revenues, and then you subtract out the personnel cost and the cost to maintain the property uh, and the cost to operate the property, I think you'll find that most municipal golf courses under that measure are in fact profitable. But being that they are often part of government agencies, uh, you have a lot of other things that tend to creep in, um, you know, things like overhead and allocations and capital expenditures and depreciation and things like that, which I think oftentimes tend to put them more into the red um, and, and leads to some, uh, some economic challenges that are often reported in the media as a, as a loss. Well, they're losing all this money on this golf course, but a lot of times I dig in and find that that's really just one city agency paying another city agency uh, an allocation or an overhead cost um, that's not really an expense. It's definitely a challenge economically, but, but um, they certainly hold their own for the most part. And um, 
a lot of them earn uh, considerable revenue. You know, I, I think that I know what you're going to say, but is there any one piece of advice that you would give to a municipal course or, or someone in charge of running a municipal course? Yeah, I would say I think that uh, the more involved um, and the more innovative the operator, the better they tend to perform. My experience shows that uh, the operator that just kind of comes in in the morning, opens the door and sits behind the counter and waits for the golfers to show up, those are the public golf courses that tend to struggle. But an engaged and active operator can really make the difference uh, by having programs, events, tournaments, outings, social events, uh, you know, wine and nine, uh, a Friday afternoon league, uh, Tuesday afternoon leagues, uh, hosting and inviting outings and tournaments. Uh, that's the way to really keep it going and, and keep the, the facility running at its optimal level of, of economic performance. You know, giving customers a reason to want to be there, knowing that if I show up at the local Muni golf course, there's going to be something going on for me. And that's certainly what I see. And I've, I've definitely seen that a lot. And that's where really what correlates mostly with success. So if you take Mr. Singer at his word, and the guy has studied golf course operations for decades now, operating a profitable muni is possible. It is attainable, but it is tricky. It's clearly tricky. It's even more tricky when you have a truncated golf season like Wisconsin. The extended winter season can bring surprise snowstorms in late April and early October. That makes Lakeshore Golf Course an intricate case. As the season was coming to a close, the city was nearing the deadline to convince Oshkosh Corp. to hang around. On October 5th, a second public hearing was held to air out both sides of the debate. By this time, you couldn't drive anywhere in town without passing 10 or more houses with campaign signs in the front yard. They were yellow and black with big letters that read a simple message, Save Lakeshore Golf Course. Yes, there indeed were many people who wanted Lakeshore to remain untouched, to remain the golf course that they'd always known it to be. People like Verona Schneider, who has been playing in the Ladies League at Lakeshore for 54 years. Holes. And when I first started playing, it was because I married a golfer. And my husband was born and raised on this side of town. So when I started golfing, there were just two golf courses in the area. The country club and the municipal, which is where I live. And of course, the municipal course is valuable because anybody can play it. And, and it's much more reasonable. And it offered a lot of golf programs for the kids. And, and of course, then they started the ladies' league. And um, I was in that for, well, 54 years. And um, when I first started in the ladies' league, there was only the country club and ours. And we had a um, membership of 100 and a waiting list. Well, as the years went by, there were other courses that cropped up in the area, and there was another one that was built in Oshkosh, West Haven. And so our membership has decreased to the point that we're down to about 40 members. But the thing is, the fellowship that you have when you're a member of a league, you know, you, you make lifetime friends, and you get to know people, and when you've been with them for so many years, it's like part of a family. And there's so much value in having a league like that. I, it's everybody's supportive of each other, and you know, I just hate the thought. We we just at our fall meeting we discussed where we would play next year if the course was closed, and they were voting on where to go, and everybody's distraught about the whole thing. 
What has that process been like then, the, the community kind of coming together or, you know, maybe even getting divided, uh, uh, some people on either side of the issue? Well, <laughs> we got over a thousand uh, signatures and petitions, and we've everybody's been trying to do well i I hate to get into the politics of it. My son said, "Don't get into the politics, <laughs> but um it's a political thing, you know, and we don't want to lose Oshkosh truck. everybody loves Oshkosh truck, so you know you're really in a a bind because um why do they have to choose that i mean it's it is a prime spot you know we're seeing when they drive over the bridge to see the beautiful golf course well now if that plan goes through and people drive over the bridge they'll see the corporate offices of Oshkosh truck and when you go to went to those meetings where people were getting up and telling stories about you know well I know there's one guy out there who's in his 90s he's 94 years old and he's still out there golfing uh, it's of course it's sad for me because I live right on the golf course. I'm looking out my window now. I see it's still open. The flags are in, and people are still out golfing. And it's really funny because so many are coming out now at this time of year. It's like they think this might be the last time. You know, it's yeah. sad, especially now we have the new clubhouse and they have an outside deck all around it, and uh, there's a lot of um, um, camaraderie. And this is the this is the one thing that we said. It's like cheers. Everybody knows your name. Sadly for her and many of the other Lakeshore veterans, Verona will not be getting her wish. On November seventh, the Oshkosh City Council voted to sell the course to the Oshkosh Corporation. It was a unanimous six to zero vote, and from there it was up to Oshkosh Corporation. Two weeks later, their board of directors also voted unanimously by accepting the city's terms. The deal came out to $3 million for 30 acres of the course's land on which the new headquarters would be built. No concrete plans have been released yet, as the city and corporation will need to hammer out many of the details in the next few weeks before quarter one of 2018 begins. However, city officials do believe Oshkosh Corp would invest $50 million or more into the site. Once it's completed, the new headquarters will employ close to 500 people and the deal is expected to keep 800 jobs in town. The city plans to help with the construction, too. Oshkosh agreed to front more than $13 million in expenses and tax breaks to incentivize keeping the new headquarters in town. But city officials are certain it's well worth the effort to keep a major economic engine running in town. Oshkosh Mayor Steve Cummings laid it out pretty clear, saying, quote, We're not really talking a golf course or a new building. We're talking the financial stability of this community for decades, and decades, and decades. But remember, Lakeshore Golf Course sat on 107 acres of land, and Oshkosh Corp just bought 30. So this was only a 28% chunk of the property. The future of the rest of the golf course remains very much up in the air. The city has not announced whether it will keep the land as a public green space or offer up more of it for additional development. Priority number one was always keeping Oshkosh Corp around. One thing we know for sure, Lakeshore Muni has seen its last round of golf. Construction for the new headquarters is set to begin in the spring, right around the start of a new golf season. That means that Verona, Jeff, and all the other golfers who have made Lakeshore their track of choice over the years, they'll all be forced to tee it up elsewhere. There's no shortage of options in the area, 
But every golfer has their course. Every golfer has their home track. Last month, as the season wound down and the Wisconsin winter began to set in, those golfers played their last few rounds of the year at Lakeshore. A sign went up near the entrance. Thank you, it said, for golfing at Lakeshore. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Golf.com podcast. If you enjoyed it, please let me know about it on Twitter at Dylan underscore DeChair. That's D-Y-L-A-N underscore D-E-T-H-I-E-R. If there's another story in the golf world you'd love to see us explore on a podcast, let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Dylan DeChair.